Although our text this evening is taken from Numbers chapter 6, we read first of all in the New Testament from 2 Corinthians 13. The last chapter in Paul's second epistle to the church at Corinth, 2 Corinthians 13. This is the third time I am coming to you. In the mouth of two or three witnesses shall every word be established. I told you before and foretell you as if I were present the second time, and being absent now I write to them which heretofore have sinned and to all other that if I come again I will not spare since ye seek a proof of Christ speaking in me which to you it is not weak, but is mighty in you. For though he was crucified through weakness, yet he liveth by the power of God. For we also are weak in him, but we shall live with him by the power of God towards you. Examine yourselves, whether ye be in the faith. Prove your own selves. Know ye not your own selves how that Jesus Christ is in you, except ye be reprobates? But I trust that ye shall know that we are not reprobates. Now I pray to God that ye do no evil, not that we should appear approved, but that ye should do that which is honest, though we be as reprobates. For we can do nothing against the truth, but for the truth. For we are glad when, ye, when we are weak and ye are strong, and this also we wish, even your perfection. Therefore I write these things being absent, lest being present I should use sharpness, according to the power which the Lord hath given me to edification and not to destruction. Finally, brethren, farewell. Be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace shall be with you. Greet one another with an holy kiss. All the saints salute you. And then the conclusion of the benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Ghost be with you all. Amen. Now we turn to Numbers chapter 6. And our text this evening is Numbers 6, verses 22 through 27. So the closing verses of Numbers chapter 6. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and unto his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, 
and I will bless them. Beloved in the Lord Jesus Christ, you recognize the text that we consider this evening as one of the elements of our worship service. In fact, it's the closing element of our liturgy. Whenever we gather for worship, we are given the tremendous privilege of fellowship with the Holy One. Worship is our calling and privilege to bring praise and glory to our God as we are drawn into the fellowship of his love in Jesus Christ. And because worship is to reflect the glory of our sovereign Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, the the King of Kings, we are to remember that worship is not for us, first of all. Worship is not ordained to make us feel good. Worship certainly is not for entertainment, not worship ordained by God. Worship is for the praise and glory of the God of our salvation. In worship, we give our humble thanks and we bow in adoration before the God who alone is worthy of all praise and who is our Father for Jesus' sake. Without such humble gratitude, We cannot worship in spirit and truth. But in God's mercy, there are also benefits for us when we gather to worship him. Chief of which are the benefits that we derive from hearing his word to us in the preaching of the gospel. In our worship, and especially in the hearing of the word, We don't have dealings with God in the abstract. We have dealings with the Lord Christ. We stand before him. God sits on his throne in his beloved son, Jesus Christ, and we, his subjects, gather before him, before his throne, in the sanctuary of his holiness. And in that consciousness, we must worship. We expect and and receive from God that which is treasured up in his exalted Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And we who seek shall surely also receive from him. But one of the benefits that God is pleased to give us in his merciful kindness is one that we generally take for granted and therefore miss entirely the significance of it. I refer to the closing benediction of the worship service. That's the element that brings to a close our service of praise and worship. And often we hear it simply as the end. Time to exit the sanctuary. But what an important proclamation is that benediction as we enter the unknown of another week. And as some of us enter 
the unknown of various trials in this coming week. When we have brought our thankful praise into the courts of our God, when we have enjoyed the fellowship of his presence by his word and spirit, then the Sabbath day has been for us an oasis in the wilderness of this earthly sojourn. To hear the voice of Jesus say, come unto me and rest, to hear that in the preaching of the gospel is to find in God's fellowship the true joy of worship to receive a foretaste of what awaits us in heaven when we shall perfectly enjoy the fellowship of our Redeemer. But then we have to leave God's house. We have expended our energies with the intense concentration of mind in the hard labor of worship, true worship. And we reach the point, having been refreshed by the streams of living water that we must leave God's house and take our place in the midst of this waste-howling wilderness again, as the Bible describes our earthly sojourn. How shall we leave here except in the consciousness of God's blessing? When we entered God's house, we knew that in order to worship him properly, we needed his blessing. And how shall we survive the week that lies before us with all the struggles and all the trials and all the temptations? How shall we survive except we go forth in the consciousness that our Heavenly Father is with us? He's with us. And so, at the conclusion of our worship service, we find in God's benediction the source of strength and comfort as we again take up our earthly calling. To leave God's house with the blessing of Jehovah ringing in our ears is not only appropriate, it's something we find spiritually necessary. And such a benediction is also biblical. I read from the last part of Paul's second epistle to the Corinthians, which, is, which ended with an inspired benediction. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. That's one of God's blessings ministered to his church at the close of the worship service as we render it in the Protestant Reformed churches. Well, another benediction is found in the text that we consider this evening, the God-inspired Aaronitic blessing found in Numbers 6, verses 22 through 27. There is still another that could be used that found at the end of the epistle to the Hebrews, it makes no essential difference which benediction is used. What we must see is that these benedictions are the very words of God himself to us, his people in Christ. 
God who is gracious and merciful beyond measure has in love for his people extended to them his blessing. And we must leave God's house presently in that consciousness. So I call your attention now to Numbers 6, verses 22 through 27, and we consider this text under the theme, God's benediction. We notice, first of all, the wonderful ordinance. Secondly, the threefold blessings. And finally, the result of that blessing. We have in this text a wonderful ordinance given us by Jehovah God. Let's hear it again. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and his sons, saying, On this wise ye shall bless the children of Israel, saying unto them, The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. That's the instruction. God tells Moses to give to Aaron and his sons, who were the ministers of God in Israel. Tremendously significant is the blessing that God will bestow upon his people through them. God's ministers must make this pronouncement of blessing. They must speak this benediction. And through the words that they speak, as the ordained servants of God, Jehovah himself will bless the children of Israel. During the divine worship services, we stand before the amazing truth that the almighty God, Jehovah, enters into fellowship with us and speaks to us. He does that through the minister who stands as his mouthpiece, the mouthpiece of God in Christ, and as the minister speaks in God's name and in harmony with God's words in Scripture, God himself speaks to you and to me. That element of holy conversation is essential to all true worship. And so it must be remembered, even as Jehovah says in the words of this text, that when his ministering servants pronounce the blessing upon his people, Jehovah himself is speaking a powerful, efficacious word to his people. And that is signified also by the raising of the hands of the minister during the pronouncement of that word of God. That practice also has scriptural foundation, for we read in Leviticus 9 verse 22, and Aaron lifted up his hand toward the people and blessed them. And the Lord Jesus himself 
would later maintain that same practice as we read in Luke 24, verse 50. Just prior to his ascension, while with his disciples, we read, and he led them out as far as to Bethany, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. There's nothing magic in the raising of the hand. It's not the, the, the blessing which is spoken is not something that flows through the fingertips and rains upon the congregation. That raising of the hands is merely symbolic of the fact that God's blessing comes upon us from heaven through the minister who is called by God to speak in his name. Notice in the text, The Lord speaks. The Lord speaks. That's Jehovah. The name Lord is in all capital letters. Jehovah God. The unchangeable, faithful covenant God speaks. He gives instruction that Aaron and his sons shall pronounce his own blessing upon the congregation. Jehovah bless thee and keep thee. Jehovah make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. Jehovah lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. And then he says this, And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel, and I will bless them. That means by way of this ordinance, by this pronouncement given to the children of Israel, His church, Jehovah himself, will put his name upon his people. The minister, in pronouncing this word of God, is not merely expressing a pious wish, a desire to see God's blessing rest upon the congregation. When I pronounce the the benediction at the end of the worship service, that's not simply an expression of my own desire that God bless you. Certainly that's my desire, but that's not the benediction. That benediction is the authoritative word of Jehovah to you who are his people. What a wonderful ordinance this is, beloved. Do you receive it as such? This wonderful ordinance is a blessing that you are to receive personally. This benediction is pronounced in the presence of the entire congregation. The children of Israel are to be blessed. But let's remember As we heard again this morning, the Lord speaks of his people organically. The Bible always speaks of the church organically. As we read in Romans 9, for example, they are not all Israel which are of Israel, neither because they are the seed of Abraham are they all children, but in Isaac shall thy seed be called God's blessing rests only upon his elect in Jesus Christ. And his elect who alone 
can and may receive his blessing are those who believe. That ought to be obvious. This ordinance was first given in the era of the law. The call for God's servants to proclaim proclaim that benediction continues as is evident by the way many of the New Testament epistles are concluded that those letters infallibly inspired were God's word through his apostles clearly reveals that the benedictions are to be a part of the rule for the church and her worship throughout history. But the text that we consider belongs to the era of the law. And in his law, Jehovah made very clear who were the objects of his blessing. Not all those who were outwardly members of Israel were objects of his blessing. Many would perish. Even the majority. God's curse rested upon many. Even as he gave warning repeatedly to those who would walk in rebellion rejecting his precepts. God's blessing is always particular. It rests upon those who are his. It rests upon those who look for their salvation in the Messiah and therefore who bear the evidence in their hearts and lives that they are his. So that when the Lord says, on this wise, ye shall bless the children of Israel, he's speaking of true Israel. Those who were justified in his son, the Messiah, yet to come. He speaks to his church. He speaks personally to his people. But he speaks to them as a collective body, as a congregation. I'm going to emphasize the personal aspect of this pronouncement that must be emphasized, but what we must also see is this. God gives his blessing to his people who are one with him in the body of Christ. He doesn't bless those who live in separation from the children of Israel. Jehovah's blessing rests upon those who live in the fellowship of the children of Israel, Christ's church. But more particularly, as I said, you and I must receive this blessing personally. And that's evident from this. This blessing is pronounced as a personal an individual blessing. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The word thee, apart from being Old English, expresses the second personal pronoun in the singular. I've told you before the difference between thee and you is that thee is singular and you is plural. 
That's the difference between the two. And that's of significance here. That's why the modern translations of the Bible lose something in translation when when they simply translate you. Thee is singular. You is plural. So there's that careful distinction made in the Bible. Because for all the riches of God's mercy that you have received in the course of a worship service and in the fellowship of God himself, you're going to leave his house to take up your particular calling and to face your particular trials in the days ahead. You need to know, therefore, for yourself that God is with you. So God gives this wonderful ordinance, a proclamation of his personal blessings upon you who are his. You must receive that blessing as your own. By faith, you must leave here clinging to God's own word to you with respect to your future, the week that lies before you. Jehovah bless thee and keep thee. Jehovah make his face shine upon thee and be gracious unto thee. Jehovah lift up his countenance upon thee and give thee peace. You notice that we are given here a threefold blessing. But that threefold blessing is summed up in this. Jehovah puts his own name upon his children. You know what is the significance of Jehovah putting his own name upon us? The name of Jehovah is not a mere label. Some make a big deal out of carrying names on their clothes as if there's status in wearing certain brand names. That's the foolishness of getting sucked into the world's perspective of earthly things. That brand name means nothing more than what men make it to mean, usually with millions of dollars in advertising money. God's name is not a mere label purchased with money. Repeatedly in the Bible, we are shown how that the name of Jehovah is Jehovah. As he reveals himself to us and as we know him and come into contact with him, that name is everywhere. Many choose to ignore it. But his name is everywhere, from the cradle to the grave, in all the creation, there is God's name, because there is God. So Asaph sings in Psalm 75, 
For that thy name is near, thy wondrous works declare. But there is something very special in the words of our text and in the benediction that God has ordained when he says that by this means they, that is the servants who speak his blessing, they shall put my name upon the children of Israel. Don't overlook the fact that the text and the blessing that is pronounced speaks of the name of Jehovah. And Jehovah is God's name as Savior. Savior. It's the name that God has revealed to us most emphatically in his only begotten Son, whom he named Jesus. Jehovah's salvation, because he shall save his people from their sins. Jehovah's salvation. Jehovah saves. That's the name he places upon us. With the word of his blessing. It's the name which is stamped upon the cross. Which is revealed by grace in our hearts. And when he says, by that benediction they shall put my name upon my people and I will bless them, he is stating his unbreakable word of promise that he will never leave us nor forsake us. Do you believe that? I find commentary on this text in in Proverbs 18 verse 10. There you read, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Now a tower presupposes danger and enemies. That's what we face as we step out into the world once again. We've been renewed in strength by the life-giving word of God. Our praise has been kindled anew during the hours of worship on the Lord's day. But now we have to leave God's house and face the, the many dangers and trials. And the question may arise as we go forth in the consciousness of our own weakness and sin, how shall we survive? But in answer to that question, Jehovah gives his blessing. He puts his name upon us. So that we go forth as as if surrounded by the walls of a strong tower. Jehovah's unchangeable faithfulness. You hear God's word preached. You're pointed to the cross repeatedly. But what would that blood be worth if our God were not Jehovah? What would God's promises be worth if he could violate his promise and be as unfaithful as we can be? But our strong tower is Jehovah himself in the very name of him who is faithful 
and unchangeable, who cannot lie, whose purpose is never frustrated, whose promise never fails. His name is a stronghold for us. A bulwark built out of solid, sovereign grace and his sure mercy that his name is upon us doesn't mean we're going to be free from attacks. Doesn't mean that that we're not going to have to face any trials. Quite the contrary. Satan hates that name. Because that name is upon us, we're going to face many attacks. And even apart from that, God's way with us is to lead us through many trials so that we are constantly finding our dependence upon him. The afflictions of this dying flesh must also be experienced by us until God takes us to heaven. But when his name is upon us, the name of Jehovah, our Savior, truly we are blessed. But now let's consider that great blessing as it's spoken to us and revealed to us from the viewpoint of three facets. The Lord bless thee. That's stated first. It's striking that the Lord reveals his blessing with a pronouncement that has three distinct parts. And when you consider this benediction in comparison with those found in the New Testament, it becomes apparent that God reveals a threefold blessing in harmony with his own triune being. We hear of three blessings, but there's a unity in the three. We hear of three blessings, but the unity is the one name which is placed upon the children of Israel. Jehovah God blesses you, his people. And that blessing is from the Father, through the Son, and by the Holy Spirit. The Lord bless thee. That's first. To bless is to cause to prosper. When Jehovah speaks this to you through faith, then you know that every single thing and event that affects your life is purposed by God to make you prosper. When you hear the proclamation, Jehovah bless thee. Your mind ought to reflect back upon eternity as God reveals himself in his word. We hear it from the mouth of Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 31 verse 3, The Lord hath appeared of old unto me, saying, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. 
Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn thee. It was God's determined purpose from eternity to draw his chosen people unto himself. The very creation, that unfathomable work, wonder work of God, was wrought by him for you. And all the things he places in your pathway. Yes, God places them there. Are there to bring you greater blessing. No, I don't expect you to understand it. I don't. But that's what God tells us. Do you believe his word? Even through the deep, dark way of the fall, he would bring us into the immeasurable heights of his glory. Yes, I proclaim God's blessing upon his church, upon you. He will bless you forevermore. The Lord make his face shine upon you. That blessing is yours in Jesus Christ. If you would know the blessing of Jehovah, you must see him in the face of Jesus Christ. Because in Christ, the righteous, the face of Jehovah shines upon us. When Jehovah makes his face to shine upon you, then you live in the consciousness of belonging to him for Jesus' sake. Because you know that in yourself, you stand before a darkened face, the face of God's wrath. You know that your sin has provoked God to his face, does even daily. But when the face of God shines upon you, you see Jesus, the face of Jesus Christ. You see him who has shed his blood for you, who has carried your burden of God's infinite and eternal wrath. And because of his sacrificial love, you see in that shining face a love that warms you and dries all your tears. It's the shining light of God's forgiving love. And by the operation of the Holy Spirit, Jehovah's blessing comes very near. The Lord lift up his countenance upon thee. When Jehovah's countenance is upon you, you carry his blessing in your heart. Because to enjoy his countenance is to enjoy his loving fellowship. Such comfort, such enjoyment of God's favor is yours by the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart. When God's countenance is upon you and you know yourself the object of God's approval for Christ's sake, then you know you're welcome in God's heaven. Jehovah bless thee. 
Jehovah make his face shine upon thee. Jehovah lift up his countenance upon thee so he would bless his people, so he would bless you. The results of that blessing magnify God's goodness to us, beloved. The results correspond in a threefold way to the threefold blessing God pronounces over us. First of all, you are kept by the Father. Jehovah bless thee and keep thee. His arms are wrapped around you. Nothing can separate you from his love. You're precious in the sight of God. Think about that when it seems that all is against you. Think about, think upon the fruit of God's powerful word, Jehovah's word of blessing, and you will say, it is well with my soul. I'm kept in the protecting arms of my Savior. And he says, I will be gracious unto thee. When Jehovah's face shines upon you, he's gracious. He shows himself gracious to you. Grace is beauty, the beauty of God. Look upon all God's works and you'll see his beauty. The sinfulness of our earthly flesh might mar the clarity with which our eyes see that beauty. But look upon Christ, beloved. God is gracious unto you. The result of God's face shining upon you is that you bear in yourself the beauty of the exalted Christ. And when the Lord lifts up his countenance upon you, the Holy Spirit gives you peace. You know that God is with you, that all things are for you. It's a peace that passes all understanding. Again, this blessing is not bestowed by magic. There's not an automatic transfer of grace by virtue of the speech and actions of the minister. Grace is always bestowed through faith. There must be that connection between you and Christ. Then the spirit working through faith, you hear God's blessings pronounced to you. You receive it by faith, and God works that powerfully in your life. Hear the word of God, beloved. The benediction is another element in the worship service where God shows his mercy by entering into fellowship with us. We easily forget that. I oftentimes think we, we hardly hear the benediction spoken to us by God because the words have become so familiar 
They roll over us like the passing clouds. Then there's no blessing. Hear the word of God by faith. For when we hear and humbly bow before Jehovah and receive his blessing by faith, we depart his house in the confidence. Nothing can separate us from his love. And we look forward to the day when we shall worship him in the presence of his holiness in perfect glory in Christ Jesus. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank Thee that in this day we could fellowship with Thee. Hear Thy word to us and respond to Thee with our humble worship and praise. And as we leave here, step back into this world in which we have our earthly existence. We long for thy blessing. And we pray, Father, that thou wilt sustain us in thine arms, also in the week that lies before us. Guide us by thy counsel afterward to receive us to glory, for Jesus' sake, amen.